Coming to you from the Carolina coast, it's the Coastal Carolina Fisherman online magazine podcast, Just Angling, hosted by Captains Tim Wilson and Chip Berry. For the next 30 minutes, get your infusion of saltwater fishing topics and fishing predictions. Hey everyone, this is Tim Wilson with Just Angling, our first podcast of the year. We're glad to be back getting towards that fishing season. We're only weeks away from it right now. We're so pleased today that Chip and I, Chip Berry's with me also, a Maps Unique, but we're so pleased to have as our guest today, uh, Jody Gay of Blue Water Candy Lures. I mean, if, if those of you that have ever used the lures know who I'm talking about. If you've ever been to a tackle show, you know who I'm talking about. Jody Gay is all over the place when it comes to showing the products and creating new products. And he's going to talk to us today about his perspective of offshore fishing for 2020 and some of the latest uh, uh, tricks he's got in his bag uh, coming up for 2020. Welcome, Jody. Appreciate you joining us today. I appreciate the opportunity, Tim, very much. And hello, everyone. Well, first off, hello, you know, it, and, and we got Chip over here. Hey, Chip, how you doing today? I'm I'm blessed, brother. I hope y'all are. <laughs> hello, Captain Jody. Yeah, How just, are you, Chips? Good to good to hear from you. Just yes, so sir. everybody Always. knows, this thing's this thing's taking place right in the middle of of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. We're all at different places trying to get together on this. We're all healthy, and we're all glad to be here. So, uh, hey, I want to start by asking uh, asking Jody. Uh, Jody, tell us a little bit about what you think come, is coming up with fish. And we kind of ended the year pretty good last year. Uh, so what do you think when, it, when we talk about mahi and you, you're talking about uh, uh, all the other big ones? The wahoo seems to be good. I see all the pictures of the great wahoo being caught. Uh, and most of them have your lure hanging out of their mouth. Tell us what your thoughts are for the spring and summer, early summer months. Well, we're excited about it. Uh, you know, obviously, we think you know, once such a coronavirus things up, we have people who have cabin fever a little bit. They're going to really jump out there and go at it. Uh, hopefully, here they're not going to close our marinas and stuff like they are a lot of places. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of customers that are just basically shut down right now uh, with the boat ramps closed off. You know, and, and, and marinas closed. But we, uh, you know, we're excited about it. We're, we're uh, you know, fishing's been okay so far. It's just been, uh, uh, we have uh, seen the huge numbers days of Wahoo, but more has been some nice fish. And, and uh, you know, the mahi, man, we can't wait for them to show up. They're always fun. They're they're one of the easiest fish in the ocean to catch. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're we're just hoping to have a great season on them and, and, uh, and some beautiful weather so everybody can get out there and get access to them once, once all this is over with. Well, I think that's kind of what everybody's hoping for. And the way you ended the season, I think it was great. First off, you, you had the U.S. Open King Mackerel Champion using your product. Um, and then you had so much traffic uh, that we saw on Facebook almost every day, if not a couple times a day, mm-hmm. with uh, your product being used to catch these big giant blue fins out there. So, yeah, I mean, you sure went out with a bang in 2019. So I think you're going to start with the bang probably in, in 2020. So, Chip, what's your thoughts of the fishing season coming up? You, you're you're looking at the weather and you're looking at the maps and the water temperatures. So, what do you when do you don't think this thing's going to start heating up? I think well, when I look at uh, the water out there, you know, talking about you know getting offshore or something, you know, still the water temperatures, you know, very cold inshore. But you get out in the Gulf Stream, I mean, we're we're looking at 
80 degree water out there in the in the mid 70s to 80 degrees. So if if you if you can make it out there, there's there's definitely fish out there. You know, like you mentioned, uh, Wallow's been good. We've had a pretty mild winter too, and uh, uh, I, I think the the bite hopefully it's going to start very soon. Uh, I know one of my favorite times to fish has always been on Mother's Day, fishing the Bohickett Blue Marlin Tournament in South Carolina, always around May 10th. It's usually really, really hot then for, you know, yellowfin, uh, big dolphin, marlin, and so forth. So, uh, there, But there's a pretty big perspective of water change uh, you, you get on out about 40 miles and all, you start getting into some, you know, pretty decent water that should be holding, you know, start holding king mackerel and other fish that are there. They're there. Uh, you got to really, got to really look at like a Ross report, you know, to really see where these pockets of really nice edges and water are uh, to really kind of narrow it down. But the, the water's there to uh, get into fish right now, you know, talking blue water, you know. So, uh, so I think, you know, the things like it might, might be an exciting season starting, you know, hopefully very, very soon, you know. Well, speaking of exciting season, I know for a fact that, Jody, you had a couple of offshore rigs come out in, in the late latter part of 2019, the uh, Who Knockers and the uh, His Ass. Tell us a little bit about those. I've seen those rigs, and they they, they will get your attention, I'm here to tell they're you. And I've heard they're, they're, you know, the high-speed you know, high wahoo fishing has, has become very popular in our area, and with the whole East Coast, you know, in, in the range of the, of the wahoo. And uh, it, we had some products for it that, that were good. Uh, and we, but we, you know, the cowbell, uh, made by Ballyhood out, in, uh, I think Las Vegas area, the Nevada area, has been a very popular lure, just a, a noise making lure, you know, and, uh, we basically wanted to, you know, to, to reinvent that without knocking it off and, 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 and did it. You know, Russell, my son-in-law did a great job with the idea and we took it and tweaked it and played with it for a long time and, and, uh, Got it like we wanted. We were, you know, we had a blast, you know, using the prototypes and stuff, getting, getting, getting it ready to go. And uh, but it's basically, it's got rattle collars on it. It's got jets, not only for a smoke trail, but it's got jets that come out in the middle of these three collars on the on the outside of the head that uh, just really keep those things rattling around and making a lot of noise. We get some really good feedback from them from down in, uh, you know, everywhere they're being used right now. The the, the South Florida. The, area has had a lot of wahoo and uh people going over to the bahamas and, and stuff from from that area and uh we we've got great feedback on them uh and we're really excited about it uh you know and and, and i think we're going to have well we already have had a lot of problems just keeping up with production on them I mean, we're having trouble keeping up and and this this virus thing ain't going to help that because they're uh Machine shops and stuff like that in the in the areas where the heads are being made are being closed down. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, and and Tim, to back up a second, you mentioned uh, all the pictures of blue, you know, giant bluefin with with our lures hanging out of their mouth and all. And, man, we just have we have some great fishermen that use our product that make us look good. You know, I mean, we got <laughs> guys that we we got guys that can catch fish with their handkerchiefs. You know, that that choose to use our our stuff and. 
It makes us look terribly intelligent, you know, and we're thankful for. <laughs> well, if it, makes you, if, if it makes you feel good, Captain Judy, I got a, I got two lure bags of yours uh, with just your stuff in it. <laughs> and we appreciate it, and we appreciate you. Yeah, and I, I, that's one thing I've been doing uh, during the quarantine here is uh, organizing my tackle. So I got these go. two blue water candy bags. I got me kind of a you might say a near shore to kind of get near blue water and then a blue water package, uh, you know. Uh, well, Jody, going back on what you said about how, how these how these guys, these uh, charter captains make you look so good, it's funny, I talked to them, but they said the same thing about blue water candy lures. They said well, anybody can catch that. if you pull it behind your boat with a <laughs> blue water candy lure. Well, I don't know if it's that simple, but uh... – but we we try to make it as, as easy as we can for them. That's a great but it, it still it, it still takes it still takes some talent and some uh, you know uh, uh, certainly a learning curve with with, with fishing for sure. And uh, uh, but we try to make it as simple as possible for folks and as understandable as it can be. Well, I think you do a great job, especially because you're you're always out there. You're always talking to people. It's rare that you go to a uh, a tackle shop uh, opening or a, a special sale they're having when you're not there. <clears throat> we run at each other from time to time. Uh, so that's a, that's always something that people love to see is the owner of the company out there. And that being said, let me ask this question. As you know, uh, the smaller boats are becoming more popular for or growing in popularity. I don't want to say more popular. They're growing in popularity with the offshore fishermen. Tell us what, you, and from your perspective, what those fishermen that may be kind of uh, wetting their their beak a little bit with offshore fishing from these smaller boats, what they need to be aware of and how they need to approach that to be successful as well as being safe. Well, I mean, certainly we don't want anybody, you know, spending thousands of dollars on, on uh, rod and reels and fishing equipment you know, and and and, it, and skimping on safety equipment. Uh, you know, VHF is your your most powerful um, safety device there is. Offshore, you can't depend on on cell phones. Uh, I grew up not having a cell phone, so it was easy, it's easy for me to, to understand that you can't depend on it. Uh, <laughs> it, it you know, we we learned how to survive without them a long yeah, long time ago, but. Uh, so that you know, that's the first advice I'd give somebody is don't you know don't 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 give me all your money give it give it to, to Garmin or, or, or Raytheon or some of those people right to start with yeah make sure you got some good equipment you know and, and uh, have all your life jackets and you know and, and things that you're supposed to have because hopefully you're not going to need them but if you do back on it you need them. Well, that's true. Don't you know, don't forget that. Don't forget the e either. <laughs> exactly. Or, or, and also a life raft if you get the size of a boat that you can get one on there. Yeah, if if it is, and, and you know, with small boats, that's a challenge. Uh, always has been, and just uh, living on space. But but once they do start the sure. equipment, you know, the basic, uh, you know, the basic Gulfstream spread. Off the Carolinas, there's, there's nothing that's ever dollar for dollar. There's nothing that's ever killed as many fish off, off the North Carolina coast as as a blue and white sea witch style lure. Uh, you know, we don't call them that, but but that you know that's basically uh, how they began was just some hair on a little half ounce or quarter ounce head. You know, but uh, 
we like to mix them up with some mylar and make them pretty. In fact, that's how I ended up in this business. I can't get anybody to add mylar to a to to a witch for me. We put, uh, you know, I could tie them on my kitchen table, and still do uh, that. That were, you know, tie a blue and white one on the same head with and without the mylar, and go out there and pull it day in day out. You know, when I was fishing every day, and and, and especially when it, you know, what catches fish when your fish aren't biting. You know that's what's most important. That tells you something. And and when that one with mylar outfishes the the one the one with mylar outfishes the one uh, without it four to one, day in and day out. Sooner or later, my eyes opened up. And I said, "There's something to this." You know. And, and uh, so then we started making them with all mylar, all kinds of different mylar materials, and then it just simply works. I mean, it just does. But but uh, you know, but that that basic little cheap. You know, four dollar, four dollar lure is, is has been responsible for killing an awful lot, of awful nice fish. There you go. There you go. You know, I used to be in the the sales business, selling lures and all of this for uh, for Folsom. And I remember, yeah, I don't think I sold a whole lot of uh, anything other than the blue and white skirts. You're exactly right. That is the favorite color uh, along the coast. Well, well, Carolina white, coast. white and blue, white and white and blue is pretty popular. Too. Yeah, well, and it was white and blue. blue. Excuse <laughs> me, I left that off. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. But, uh, but I mean, any given day, you know, your, your you know your blue whites, your purple blacks, your, your red blacks, or your wahoo colors, uh, orange black, solid black, green black. You know, the darker colors tend to be more popular for wahoo. But uh, but dang on it, don't. I mean, as soon as I say that, somebody's don't catch the biggest one they ever caught on pink, and and that's not that unusual. Either. Pink's a great color out there. Green and chartreuse, yeah, kind of. Green and chartreuse kind of matches the hatch on that uh, on that mahi that everything out there is eating. You know, the blue and white kind of tends to, to lend itself toward the uh, uh, ballyhoo, I, I guess, and 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 uh, I guess the pinks are a squid, which everything is. Uh, so nothing wrong with pink. Nothing, you know that. The idea is to have have a variety of colors. That way, whatever's working that particular day, you can uh, know what it is and and put it. You know, put a couple more of those out. One thing I would stress to people that I always stress in seminars is that once you figure out what's working, do not change it. I'll get ill with you really quick if you're on the boat with me, and we have a pink and white on the long rigger on the port side that gets bit. And, you know, and, and that's the first bite we have of the day. And then when the when the lines go back out, I look, and there's a blue and white one in that spot. No, put exactly where it was, the exact same thing. You may add another one somewhere if it continues to get bit, but never change what's working. You know, because once you've – it's hard enough to figure out what works every day without without screwing it up once you do know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's 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 challenging to get that combination, but once you get it, don't don't give it away. So exactly, I, I get the point. I get the point. Well, listen, here's a question I've got for you too. You do Blue Water Candy makes a lot of uh, uh, bottom fishing rigs, uh, the Roscoe rigs, and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about how how bottom fishing is doing these days, and what we can look for. You think in 2020. Bottom fishing is a very fun fishing for everybody on the boat. Everybody's engaged all the time. You know, trolling you stay at lines a lot waiting for a reel to go off. Uh, you know, but but with bottom fishing, you're you actually got a rod in your hand all the time, and you're you know you're actively working. It's especially good for keeping kids interested. 
Uh, but the the uh, uh, you know the group of fishing's always you know we we've always got a good group of fishing here off the coast. You know everybody's envious of you know the people here are envious of, of the Florida South Florida area where the Gulf Stream's six miles offshore. You know, we got 50, 65 miles, depending on the part of North Carolina you're at. You know, if you're up at Moorhead, it's 30. If you're at Hatter, it's less. But the, you know, but the, think of all that beautiful bottom we've got all the way from here to there that we catch all these bottom fish on that they don't have. Plus, it doesn't congregate us all in one place. You know, so, but all those coral reefs that target those areas, the bottom fish aren't going to be anywhere else. That's simply where they're going to be is on those coral reefs and that artificial structure as well. Anything that holds a bait will hold bottom fish. And, and uh, it doesn't have to be a 20-foot ledge. It could be a two-foot ledge. But the group of fishing looks good. Sea bassing has been off the hook the last few years. And, uh, you know, more and more we're getting red sniper mixed in. We're getting, you know, a lot of things. The only, you know, the, the biggest problem people have with bottom fishing is, and it's the mentality is changing. It's been changing for, for quite a few years is, you have to learn that you're going to throw back a lot of what you catch due to regulations, you know, and uh, that, that's that been hard for a few people to adapt to, but uh, but it, it's simply the truth, and it's for the, it's for the good. I mean, it's, it's for the good. It's working. We've got a lot of fish, and, and uh, you know, the, uh, the idea of going and killing all the fish you can kill anymore and bring them home and Throwing them in a bread bag in the in the in the freezer like we did when I was a boy. That that those days are gone, you know. In the in the spring you'd go out there and throw all those away to make room for the ones you're fixing to go catch again. And uh, you know those days are over with. And and uh, so that's been the hardest thing for people to adapt to. But but in all, in, in general, man, jigging jigging has become very popular here uh, over the years. You know, cigar has cut bait on bottom rigs. Uh, Right now, been and, and, and Chip touched on this early on, where you got these temperature changes offshore now. Great opportunity for, for catching those cobia piled up. You know, uh, we have yeah. cobia to go south. We have cobia to go offshore for the winter. And uh, we've got a, apparently got a big body of fish moving up from the south right now because the New Smyrna, Jacksonville area of Florida, we are pumping some cobia jigs down there. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're calling every other day, you know, to get them. Uh, so we've apparently got a good body of fish coming up from down there. But we have a body of fish that stays offshore and overwinters here. That a Roscoe jig and just bottom fishing in general is, is a terribly good way to catch them. Uh, you know, it's those same fish that are going to be scattered over every rock here. There'll be one or two on every rock. They're all bunched up one place out there right now. You know, and, and it's, 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 mm-hmm. when you find them, it's some daggone good fishing. Now, I mean, it's Kobe on top of Kobe on top of Kobe. Differences are generally not on top like they will be, you know, once they hit the beaches. Uh, you know, you catch more on top than you do on bottom then most of the time. But the the uh, uh, you know they're they're pretty much all on bottom right now. But uh, it, it's, it's it's some daggone fun fishing if you catch it right. It sure well, okay, Chip. Any questions for uh, Jody before we head out for the day? Uh, well, like I said. Uh, I got my lure bags uh, full of blue water candy, that's for sure. Uh, I, I, I tell you one thing, you're talking about people starting to move offshore. Uh, I think some of your most interesting rigs, and and, and they really are, are very inexpensive, but, you know, I'm, I'm, like right now I happen to be looking at a pink chartreuse with some mylar on it. You know, it's a rig, it's a rig, ballyhoo rig, you know, with monofilament. Yep. 
Yeah, it's got your little chin weight on it. It's got your, uh, uh, you know, your, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, uh, got the nose pin that goes up through the, the body. Nose, the nose pin. Yeah, the yeah, nose and pin. And it's got on the it. little nose cone that'll the spring. And the cone. Screw down yeah, the little spiral yeah. cone. But, you know, for people who aren't used to rigging baits, uh, you know, just YouTube uh, how to rig a ballyhoo, get you some of these already rigged and, uh, you know, makes makes life a lot simpler. You can do a lot more fishing than you can out there trying to figure out how to make a rig because y'all done a really good job of putting this stuff together. And, well, it's, uh, it's, it's the rig that, that we, like that him, we made or somebody headed offshore, you know. And Those rigs are and, as simple uh, to use as, as as we can possibly make them. But, yeah, they're daggone good, too. Uh, I fish with them just like you see them in the back. I mean, that's... Uh, for years, I thought I was too good to use a ballyhoo spring. I wanted to use a rubber band or the, or the, or the copper wire. The problem with the copper wire is when you get a short strike or when you catch a fish, the time it takes you to unwind that copper wire, you know, to even get ready to start rigging again, you're already fishing again with the nose spring. You already got it rigged and back out there. You know, the skirt's going to cover the spring up anyway. The spring's not hurting anything. Even on a naked yeah. rig, you know, without a skirt, the, the, the spring really, I can't tell that much difference. But the, you know, and with the, the other way of rigging them with the rubber band, which was the way I always did it before I went to the springs, but the problem with the, with the, the rubber band is that last wrap, when it gets tight, you're going to stick the end of that pin in your, feet, in your thumb. In your thumb. Every time <laughs> and, lose, and lose your religion. Well, I got to uh, tell, you, tell you this. I, I was actually taking pictures of some of your rigs the other day, this week, and I did exactly that. So that story is pretty much appropriate in my <laughs> life right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not I, I might, might want to yeah. ask Captain Jody one thought he had. What do you think of uh, teasers? In your spread, yeah, if you I, have, and I know you got, I know you got your, uh, you know, you got your squid rigs and everything else, but uh, yeah, and, and spreader bars through the years, and dredges, yeah, dredges. Yeah, dredges. Yeah, well, what's your thoughts on uh, adding that extra stuff into your your reef bait spread? What What do you think? If you If you have the crew that can handle it, okay, on any I given day. It. You don't want to have more out than your crew can handle, okay? you got to keep those lines clean that are out there. You don't want to pull grass around. There's nothing normal about that, okay, looking to a fish. You know, I'm a big believer, right, right. especially once you hit the Gulf Stream, you got that crystal clear water. And, you know, a bad bait, a bait that's twirling, a bait that's dragging grass, a bait that's just tangled up in another line, it, it kills your entire spread. It doesn't just, not only will you not catch them on that line, I believe it will shut you down on all other lines around it as well. Okay, and and uh, the the uh, so you don't want to have more out than that your crew can handle. Teasers absolutely work, you know. And one thing that we've incorporated with small boats is teasers that don't take up extra room. In other words, we'll we'll put a bait, a, one that you actually rig a ballyhoo on, or one that you're actually fishing with behind the teasers so that it's going straight off the rod. It's not taking up any more room in your spread than it would normally take up. 
But teasers absolutely work. Anybody doesn't believe that, get around these charter captains that fish every day and look at all the all, all yeah. stuff they're pulling. You know, same with dredges. Dredges, absolutely. They simulate a bait ball, you know. Imagine, uh, and, and this goes for dredges and, and teasers as well, you know, especially when the fish aren't biting, say a fish is down deep, okay, and you go over yeah. the top of him. Your boat's the biggest teaser you got, okay? Think of the shadow that it's throwing. It's like an airplane flying between you and the sun. You know, that big shadow goes over, and you got to look up. You can't help yourself, you, you know. Right. You're going to look up. Well, if you just got two or three bait, and this goes for a fish off to the side as well. The commotion of the boat makes them look, okay? So, anyway, that fish looks up, and he sees, uh, you know, if you just got you know, three or four, five, six baits skipping back there. He may or may not even notice them. He may or may not get excited if he does, you know. But that dread, those teasers, that's a bait ball. You know, that's more bait and right. That's something to eat. And people people associate dredges with bill fishing, and certainly they work with bill fishing. But everything in the ocean is eating the same thing, you know. They, I mean, they're yeah. all coming to that bait, you know. So it attracts them into your spread. You know, and and you may not catch your fish right there. You know, obviously, like a dredge doesn't even have a hook in it. You know, it's just nothing but to attract fish. But it gets them up there, and then you got those other lines that they go off over there and eat. To, you know, to uh, you know, just like a spreader bar. He may not hit the spreader bar, even though you've got it rigged to fish with. But that line right, next to right, it, will, right. I guarantee you, there's days it will lighten up if you're pulling spreader bar next to it. You know. Because it gets oh, him up there to take a look. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, a, guys. I'm a big believer in it. If you've got the crew that can handle it, you got to keep grass off of them also. You know, everything you got out's got to be clean. You'd rather have one clean bait out than six that are twirling and dragging bait and doing crazy things. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Hey, it's been a great conversation. Captain Jody, thank you so very much. One thing I do want to add about blue water candy lures, those of you that that deal with them, and everybody should deal with them. It's it's great when you have a question or when you you have need some advice about either their lures or some part of fishing. Give them a call because if you don't get Captain Jody, you're going to get uh, Russell, and I'm going to tell you something. You'll get some of the best advice out there. This company was built around customer service. So I can promise you, you're going to get a good, re, a good response and have a great experience in dealing with them because that's who they are. Uh, Jody was a commercial fisherman for a number of years, and I think what was it, Jody? What year did you win the SKA National? Uh, two thousand seven, uh, yes, along with Rick and Russell, we in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. So yeah, you've been we, down we that fishing road a few yeah. times. So, so yeah, oh, yeah. give them a call. Oh, yeah. But uh, they, they'll definitely yeah. help you out. Yeah, listen, we appreciate it. We appreciate everybody using our our, our product. And, and uh, yeah, if you got any questions about using ours or you just fishing in general, give us a call. And, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, join Chip and, and Tim today. Hey, thanks a lot. Well, Y'all I, have a great day. I, 